chapter 6, if you have your Bibles this morning, 1 Timothy chapter 6. And while you're turning there, let me just tell you that I really struggled with what to preach on this morning. I didn't know what to talk about. Um, it's, it's, you would think that it would be easy to come back. It was a little bit more difficult for me. But as, as we began this new year, I wanted to uh, express to you what's been on my heart, what we've been talking about at our church in San Antonio, what we've been as a congregation trying to learn together and go through together. And so as you're finding your place in Scripture, First Timothy chapter 6, let me just ask you a question. How many of you, when you were a kid, one day when you, I mean, you were you're thinking back that you, you just, when you got older, you wanted to be rich? Anybody think like that? Raise your hand if that was you. Come on now. Raise your hand. You know you did. Your child, keep them up. Listen, this is participatory this morning. You wanted to be rich when you were a child. Now, how many of you are rich? Ooh. Hands down all over the place. Right? You know what's interesting about this? When you, when you were a child, most people want to grow up to be rich. I did. I certainly wanted to grow up and to be rich. But, but if you asked me if I'm rich, I would say, no, 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 I'm not, I'm, I'm not rich. I know people who are rich. I, I know people who are rich and I could do a much better job with their money than they do with their money. But uh, as for me, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not rich. I have some friends who are rich and if you saw them, you would say they're rich. And if you, if you saw their life, you would know that they were rich. And if you would ask them if they were rich, they would say, no, I'm not rich. You know why? Because they know someone else who is more rich than they are. Right? If people ask me, Donnie, are you rich? I would say, no. I, I give the church answer. No, yeah, I'm blessed. Blessed. I've been blessed. God's been good to us and I've been blessed. But I'm not rich. You see, because th- there is such a thing as not rich. We've all seen it. Perhaps we've all been there. And there is such a thing as rich. Correct? The problem is, we don't know where the rich line is. And so this morning, for the next few minutes, as we enter into this new year, I want to talk to you about how, not how to get rich. If you want to know how to get rich, then stay up late tonight and watch some infomercials or turn on any Christian television. They'll tell you how to get rich. I'm not talking about how to get rich. I'm talking about how to be rich. And, and the challenge is, for many of us, we're going to cross that rich line one day and not even realize it, you know, because we don't wake up one day and just say, I'm rich on the 14th of the month. We don't say I'm poor. And then we get our paycheck on the 15th of the month and go, I'm rich. We we don't do that. Right. And many of us are going to cross that line one day and you're going to cross the line from not rich to rich. And what I want to do today, and I want, to, I want us to help us learn how to be rich in a way that honors and pleases God. Because when you do, and if you ever do cross that line from not rich to rich, when you begin to read Scripture and read the Bible, it begins to speak to you in a completely different way when you understand what it means to be rich. So 1 Timothy chapter 6, if you have that, we're going to read some passages of Scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 6, I'm reading from the NIV. I think the verses will be on the screen. Paul was telling Timothy that, that you're going to encounter some people in your ministry and you're going to encounter some people in your life who are going to be rich. And when you do, here is what I want you to say to them. 
Verse 17 says this, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. How many knows that wealth is uncertain? But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Verse 18, this is important. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. And in this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. So, and I love this part, so that they may take hold of life that is truly life. Not an imitation life, not a poser life, not a fake life, but a life that is true life. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and not just any kind of ordinary life, but life more abundant and full. So they may take hold of life that is truly life. Command those, Paul said, who are in this present world, who are rich to do good, which raises the question then. And so before we can go on, we have to answer this question. What is rich. And the answer is, rich is a moving target. It's a moving target. What you thought was rich years ago is not rich today. Think back to your college days when you're a sophomore in college and you're living on ramen noodles, three meals a day. And you said, you know, one day if I made such and such amount of money, I would be rich. And now you're there and you're making way more than that amount of money. And you go, well, that's not rich at all. Why? Rich is a moving target. A few years ago, Gallup did an interesting survey. And they asked Americans what they thought they would need to earn in a year to consider themselves rich. What do you think the answer was? Well, it depends on who you ask. Why? Because rich is a moving target. So they asked those people who were making $30,000 a year or less how much you would need to make in a year to consider yourself rich. And the average answer was $74,000 per year. If I was able to make $74,000 a year, I would consider myself rich. And some of you in this room make $74,000 a year or more, and you would say, no, 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 that's not rich. I'm just telling you, I live it. I don't feel rich at all. Yet, yet those who make 30000 or less would look at you and say, yeah, you're rich. They asked people making around 50000 a year how much you would need to feel rich. And the most common response was $100,000 a year. If I made $100,000 a year, then I would consider myself to be rich. And those who make $100,000 a year but have three kids in college and four kids in braces and, and activities and mortgages and insurance and all of these things, you would say, no, 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 that's not, we're blessed, but we're not rich. Why? Because rich is a moving target. You see, they would look at you and say, you're rich, but you'd say, I don't feel rich because rich is a moving target. If we don't feel rich, listen to this, if we don't feel rich then we'll never learn how to act rich. So we'll continue to try to get rich and never recognize that we are already rich and consequently we never learn how to be rich. Can I say that again? If we don't feel rich, then we'll never learn how to act rich. So we'll continue to try to get rich, never recognizing that we are already rich and consequently we never learn how to be rich. Rich. So for the next few minutes, I want us to talk this morning about how to be rich. And so let me give you some good news and some bad news. Now, I've spent uh, the last couple of days with Steve Butler. 
And if any of you have ever spent any time with Steve Butler and you have uttered the phrase, there's good news and bad news, his common response, Steve Butler is a Hogan's Heroes fan. Have you all ever heard of Hogan's Heroes? And so Steve always breaks into this Sergeant Schultz imitation. You've heard this. Tony's heard this. He says, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. Apparently that is how Sergeant Schultz sounds to Steve. And he says, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. The good news is everybody gets a change of underwear today. The bad news is you change with you and you change with you. So this morning I have some good news and I have some bad news for you. First, the good news. If you're taking notes, you should know that this is really, really, really good news. Are you ready for it? Here it is. Here's the good news this morning. You are rich. That's good news. It's very good news. Let me tell you why. Because you have tons of rich people opportunities. You, you can provide opportunities for your children. You can put them in different activities. You can put your kids in the finest school. You've got transportation. You have opportunities to travel. And the really good news is that God has made you rich. And he, he wants you to use that richness to make a difference in this world. And it's extremely good news. Some of you are enjoying the blessings of God. You're enjoying your job. You're enjoying your work and your career and the work that you do. And you should understand that it is a gift from God. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 19 says this. Moreover, when God gives any man wealth or possessions and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and to be happy in his work, this is a gift. It's a gift from God. God has blessed you. And you are rich. God has blessed me. And I, I am rich. Now, before you just completely sign off and check out this morning, let me just say, I, I acknowledge, I want to acknowledge, I, I know that there are some of you right now who are hurting financially. I acknowledge that. I understand that. I know that. Maybe you've been through a messy divorce recently and your, your, your heart was ripped out or trampled on and, and your life is a mess and financially your life is just a mess and, and, and in so many other ways. I want to acknowledge that. I understand that. Some of you have medical challenges and, and you have bills that are high and, and, and you've, you've been unemployed and, and, and th- debts just seem to mount up. I understand that. You, you say there's no way that we can get through this. Others of you, you, you may be a single parent and you've got a, a job that doesn't pay that much and there's someone in your life or who used to be in your life who should be helping out who's no longer helping out and 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 things are difficult i understand that and i i don't want you to misunderstand what i'm trying to say i want to acknowledge this morning that i i know that there are some significant and serious needs in our lives sometimes But most of us would have to be honest with ourselves and say, you know, when we say, I don't feel very rich in our lives, we do it while watching our cable TV and playing on our smartphones and eating the pizza that the delivery guy just delivered. We're doing okay. See, rich is a moving target. When God speaks to rich people in Scripture, Paul said, tell Timothy, command those who are rich. And our natural tendency is to just shut that out and go, well, that's not me. He's not speaking to me because he said, command those who are rich. And so we'll shovel that on to the next guy. But when God speaks through Scripture, he is speaking to the world. 
Not just the South Mississippi. Not just the Southwest Texas. He's speaking to the world. And when you look at our lives compared to the rest of the world, you have to acknowledge that we are rich. Do you realize that Americans spend about $8 billion a year on cosmetics? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for that. $8 billion per year on cosmetics. $6 billion would provide basic education for every child in the world today. Americans spend $17 billion per year on pet food. Food for Fido and Fluffy and Sugar Babies or Sugar Daddies or Sugar... sugar not Sugar Daddies. I don't know how much we spend on Sugar Daddies. Sugar Gliders or... We spend $17 billion per year on pet food. And $13 billion a year could provide basic health care and nutrition for every man, woman, and child on planet Earth today. $20 billion per year is all that it would take to provide clean drinking water and food for everyone in the world. That's roughly what America spent on ice cream last year. We're rich. Timothy said, Paul said, command those who are rich to do good, to be generous. If you ask someone in the rest of the world to describe rich people, you know what the common response is? If you own a car, you're rich. Do you know why they would say that? Because only about 7% of the world's population owns a car. And most of us own two or more. 7% of the world's population owns a car. The last time I was in Brazil with Michael Memorial, we had gone to do some uh, door-to-door evangelism, and when our group split up, uh, it was me and Hafi, one of the translators, and Aldo, who doesn't speak any English but is great in Portuguese, and Bubblegum. Y'all remember Bubblegum. Bubblegum was tagging along with us. And so as we were walking through doing some door-to-door evangelism, I hear a motorcycle behind me. So I kind of step to the side of this dirt road. And as, as I step to the side, a family on a motorcycle passes by. A family. There's the dad driving, holding a basket full of groceries. The mom sitting behind him holding a newborn baby. There's one boy hanging off the side of the motorcycle. There's a girl hanging off the other side and a dog straddling the handlebars. No lie. And you know what was amazing? The most amazing thing to me about that situation was that nobody noticed. I'm just standing there going, what? I think the circus is in town and they're going... And when I said something about it, do you know what Aldo said to me? They must be very rich to own their own motorcycle. We're rich. When you look at our lives compared to the rest of the world, you have to acknowledge that we are rich. And the problem is right now, many of you are going, but I don't feel rich. And when I told you the good news earlier, when I said, hey, the good news is you're rich, no one went, I feel so much better now. 
No one went, I'm, I'm so glad he came today. I can breathe. Nobody did that. No, no husband looked at the wife and said, Ethel, the preacher said, we're rich. Everything's going to work out. You know why? Because we don't feel rich. And the reason that we don't feel rich is oftentimes we consume everything that God gives us. And that's not how to be rich. That's how to be selfish. That's how to be frustrated. That's how to be stressed by grabbing at more and more and trying to continue this, this process of getting rich instead of understanding that we're already there and being rich in a way that honors and pleases God. And some of you don't want to hear that this morning. Some of you are going, you know what? You're just making me feel guilty. And I don't even believe you in the first place. Let me just show you how rich I am. I can't speak for you. So let me, let me, just, let me just show you how rich I am. This is going to blow your mind. I'm so rich this morning. I have $2 here. Two $1 bills. Let me, let, me just, let me just show you what I'm going to do. This is how rich I am. Now, for those of you who are in the back, let me just let me just tell you. I just threw two one dollar bills on the ground. No one dove on them. There's no fight breaking out. There's a couple over here who are eyeing them a little bit, but there's nobody in the back going, "Dang it, else." Ethel, I told you God wanted us to sit up front this morning. <laughs> Nobody's saying that. There's nobody going to leave here today and go, you're not going to believe what happened at our church today. The guest preacher came in and he just threw money on the ground. Nobody's going to leave here saying that. And yet over 3 billion people will work all day long today and earn less than what I just threw on the ground. Almost one in two people who are alive on planet Earth will work all day and earn less than $2 a day. If you earn $37,000 a year, you're in the top 4% of wage earners alive today. Top 4% of the richest people. Some of you make more than that. You realize that if you make $45,000 a year or more, you are in the top 1% of all wage earners on this world today. That's how rich you are. That's how rich I am. Write this down. Here's a very important thought. I want you to get this. If you're going to be good at being rich... You first have to admit that you are rich. If you're going to be good at being rich, you first have to admit that you are rich. And so my goal this morning is to help convince some of you that that you're rich. So, as I said earlier, this is kind of participatory. So would you just do this for me? You don't have to shout it. Don't don't make a big deal about it. It's not a, a, a pep rally kind of thing. Just just say it. Just in just a second, just I'm going to count to three, and I want you to say, "I am rich." All right? Would you do that for me? One, two, three. I am rich. Say it again. I am rich. Now, if that feels weird to you, because it does to me, to say that, you have to ask yourself why. 
Because many of you don't feel rich. And, 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 and we, it just doesn't seem right to say that. And we look at people that have more and we think, well, I'm not rich, uh, you know, because they're rich, but I'm not rich. And if you're like me, sometimes it makes me feel guilty when I begin to think about these things and when I begin to talk about these things. And it's the only area of my life. I believe this, that, that, that financial blessings are the only area of my life that I feel guilty for and I, I, I make excuses about. Let me explain it. Let me explain it this way. If someone says to me, Donnie, you're, you're, you've been blessed with a great wife. You've been blessed with a great marriage. Do you know what my response would be? Absolutely. I'm married way up. I'm married way, way above my head. My wife is fantastic and she is wonderful. I wouldn't make excuses for that. I wouldn't make apologies for that. I wouldn't say, well, you know, we're really not that happy. I mean, she's mean. <laughs> she throws shoes sometimes. Yeah, I wouldn't make excuses for that. If someone says you have wonderful children, I would say I have been blessed. God has blessed Shannon and I with with two great children. We've been blessed. But when 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 we talk about financial blessings and we talk about how God has been good to us, you know, if someone says I, I really like your jacket, dude, I got this on sale. It was ninety percent off. I had a coupon. We begin to make excuses. Man, you really have a great house. Well, you know, market's been good. Everything's down, you know, and the interest rates are low. We, we got it for a steal. And really, we don't need a house this big. But, you know, we, we decided that uh, we'd like to host some missionary families and, and things like that. And just you know, Bible studies and. Right. It's the only area of our life that we begin to make excuses for and we make, begin to make apologies for and we begin to, to, to backtrack. And, 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 and we shouldn't feel guilty about it. We should be grateful about it. And we should acknowledge the fact that God has blessed us with more than we need and we are rich. And it's hard to admit. It, it's hard to acknowledge internally and to admit that God has blessed us. But God has blessed me with more than I need and I am Rich. God has blessed you with more than you need, and you are rich. Again, would you say this aloud for me? Just, I, I'll say the first part, and you just repeat after me. God has blessed me with more than I need. I am rich. God has blessed me with more than I need, and I am rich. And that's very, very good news this morning. The good news is you are rich. Now let me give you the bad news this morning. And it is really bad news. Here it is. The bad news is this. You are rich. It's bad news. Let me show you why it's bad news. Jesus has this encounter one time with a very rich young man. And Jesus was trying to get this guy to let go of his stuff. The Bible tells us that this man walked away sad. Why? Because he loved his stuff. And so Jesus looks at his disciples in Luke chapter 18 and he says this. How hard is it for the rich? Let me, let me rephrase this just a little bit. How hard is it for you and how hard is it for me, the rich, to enter the kingdom of God? 
Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for us to enter the kingdom of God. It's harder for us. It's harder for rich people to get to heaven than it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, Jesus said. It's hard. And I hope you hear me when I tell you this, that when God is speaking about rich people, He is speaking about you and He is speaking about me and He is speaking about our nation. And it's so hard for us to really see it and and to get it and to believe it because we don't need God that much, if truth be told. Because we have our stuff. We have everything planned out. And I believe that our wealth and our, our, our being rich is perhaps our greatest spiritual disadvantage. And it's bad news this morning. We are rich. Let me give you just three ways in the time that I have left why it's a problem for us to be rich. Here's the first one. The first is it's harder for us to depend on God when we're rich. Jesus was walking with his disciples one day and his disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so Jesus said, here, when you pray, here's what you do. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Very few people in this room have ever had to pray. Jesus, give me today my daily bread. Why? Because we have entire closets in our home that are full of food. We have refrigerators and freezers and extra freezers in the garage that are full of food. When we're rich, it's hard for us to depend upon God. We've never really known what it's like to trust God to provide for us because we have today covered and we have tomorrow covered. And if we do a really good job as parents, then our kids will grow up never having to trust God or depend upon God because we have retirement accounts and, 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 and insurance policies and college savings and all of these things that we can trust in. And again, hear me, these things are not bad. I'm not saying that these are bad. I'm just saying that it becomes difficult for us to lose sight of what we're called to do. Paul said, command those who are rich to do good, to be generous, to give. And it becomes harder for us, and it's bad news. When you're rich, it becomes more difficult to depend And to trust in God. The second thing, the second problem is because we're rich, we become distracted from true priorities. We become distracted. It distracts us. Our priorities become the pursuit of the American dream. A bigger house, a newer car, kids involved in every activities. And we find ourselves competing with our neighbors and we find ourselves uh, uh, trying to do more and do more and have more and all of these different things. Your kid's involved in everything and, you, and, and, and we can't be at church during football season because we have to be at football games. And we can't be at church during basketball season because we're going out of state to play different tournaments because my son's three and he may just go pro one day. And so we're doing all of these different things until we find ourselves in the situation that we're not even our, our children's parents anymore. We're their chauffeurs and we just take them from here, this place to that place. And we become distracted with the priorities 
And because of all of these different things that we have, we have to work harder and we, we've got all of these different things and we have to keep them working. The cars and, and the houses and the air conditioner and the sprinkler system and the yard guy didn't come and so we have to call him. And all of these different things and we have all of these, diff, this, these rich people problems and we become distracted with the priorities that God has laid out for our lives. If you've never been to a third world country, you need to go. You have opportunities in this church to go, to travel to Brazil, to travel to Moldova, to travel to Malaysia, to travel to to the western part of the, the United States, all over. If you've never been to a third world country, you need to go. Because here's what happens every time I go, and I think Tony would attest to this and Rod and others would attest to this. Every time I go, here's what I see. I see people that have nothing. And when I say nothing, I mean nothing. We're talking dirt floors, no floors, no food. No indoor plumbing, no heat, no shoes. And all they have is their family and all they have is Jesus. And somehow their life seems amazingly full. And as I stand there and I observe these families and I observe their love for each other and I observe their love for me and I observe their love for Jesus Christ, I'm strangely jealous of how full their lives are. And then I go back home. And then I go back to what I know. And I become distracted again. The third problem with being rich is this. When you're rich, you have a far greater responsibility. You really think that God made us rich so we could consume everything that we have? That's not how to be rich. That's how to be selfish. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. Jesus said, to whom much is given. And we have to acknowledge and we have to admit that much has been given to you. Much has been given to me. Much has been given to this country. And Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is required. And that's bad news this morning. Because there's far more expected out of us. Because God has already made us rich. Sometimes people will ask me, you know, I guess Christian television can be a blessing and a curse, mostly a curse. But sometimes people will watch things on TV or they'll, they'll hear things. And some, so they'll ask me, Donnie, what, have you ever heard of the prosperity gospel? And I'll say, yeah. So what, what do you think about that? And I'll say, it's stupid. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I disagree with it. I don't go around bashing it, but I disagree with it. And they'll say, really, really, the prosperity gospel? So then I have to adjust a little bit. And here's what I say. If, if, if there is such the, uh, a thing as the prosperity gospel, here's what it is. God has already prospered us. That's the prosperity gospel. And when we realize this, And when we recognize this, that God has made us rich. 
that there's a responsibility to that. It's not just for our blessings, but there is a responsibility that is attached to that. When, when we realize this and when we understand this, we need to understand that we have to learn how to be rich in a way that pleases and honors Him. And it changes the way that we live our lives. It changes the way that we do church. It changes the way that we see the world. When we realize and recognize that God has already prospered us, we have to ask the question, what are we going to do with that? Paul says to Timothy, command those who are rich to do good. To be good. To be rich in good deeds. To be generous To be willing to share. Why? So that they can take hold of life. That is truly life. You want to know what life is about? Be rich. We need need to learn how to be rich in a way that pleases God. So as we close this morning, would you just say this with me again? Repeat after me. God has blessed me. With more than I need. And I am rich. God has blessed us. With more than we need. We are rich. Would you stand with me? Let's pray together please this morning. God this morning may you make us rich in a way that pleases you. We ask that your Holy Spirit would speak to us all, Lord, to disturb us, to challenge us, to stir us, to wreck us. Father, I pray that you would empower us to overcome this world, to empower us to overcome the desires for the things that will burn up and be left behind, and that you would give us compassion for those things that will last forever and a passion for doing your work on this earth. With your heads bowed, eyes closed, just with nobody looking around, just real time with you and God. I realize that this message is just a little strange and a little odd. But just 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 real time with between you and God. How how many of you would say this morning, you know, thirty minutes ago? I didn't feel rich and it's hard for me intellectually and, and, and I may not be all the way there yet, but I want to recognize that God has prospered me, that I am rich. How many of you would say that, yeah, that's me and I want to live my life in a way that pleases and honors God and be rich? Would you just lift your hands right now? All over this room. Father, I pray for every person that says that, Lord, that you would answer their prayer, God, that you would would make us rich in a way that blesses people, that you would make us rich in a way that honors you. God, I pray that you would set us free from the desires to get rich and to recognize that you have made us rich. And Father, we pray that as we read your word and we recognize, Lord, that that, that you're not talking to others, that you're talking to us and you're speaking with us and that this is serious business. That we would recognize that it's very, very good news, God, and we're grateful that you have blessed us. And it's very good news. And God... That if we enjoy that, it's a blessing from you. And there's no guilt in that because it's your gift to us. 
and you say it clearly, but God, we also recognize that this great gift can also be a curse if we place our trust in it, if we place our hope in it, if we place our future in it, if we pursue the riches instead of pursuing after you. And so, Father, I pray that this morning that you would make us rich in a way that pleases you, that you would make Michael Memorial Baptist Church rich in a way that pleases and honors you and changes this world. As we continue to pray, some of you would say, you know, I have material things or I'm on my way to material things, but spiritually I'm bankrupt. On the inside, I'm horribly empty. Jesus was one time talking to a church in Revelation and he said, you're rich and yet you're so pitiful. You're poor, you're naked and you're wretched. You've got a little bit of God and and you've got a lot of things. You're spiritually bankrupt and you've got nothing. And Jesus said, you're lukewarm. You're you're kind of in, but you're really not. You're you're, you're sort of pursuing God, but you're really not. And God said, "That's, that's so disgusting to me. It makes me want to spit you out of my mouth. It makes me sick. And I'm so afraid that, that, that there's so many people in churches all across our country that are lukewarm. Churches that are lukewarm. Who say, well, well, you can be lukewarm and be a Christian. Really? Wretched? Blind? Pitiful? These aren't words that describe believers. And sometimes I look at my own life and I think God must want to spit me out because of the things that I pursue and because of the things that I chase after. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, the sinless son of God who lived a perfect life, who said, I've come to give you life and life more abundant and full. I've, I've come to set the captives free. To set them free from the things of this world, to set them free from the desires of this world. To set them free from sin. Jesus shed his blood. He died on the cross. He was raised again. And now he says, anyone who wants to trust in me, all you have to do is call on my name. And you'll be saved. There may be some here this morning who have never done that. And you've spun your wheels chasing after the things of this earth. You've spun your wheels chasing after the American dream. And today's the day that you're going to say... Jesus, take all of me, every bit of me. The world doesn't matter. Be my Savior. I want you to matter. I want to pursue after you. I don't want to be halfway in and halfway out. I don't want to be lukewarm. I I, I don't want to believe in a God but not follow Jesus. I want to be all the way in. And I want to be rich in this world and the things that matter in this world. I want to make a difference with my life because you have prospered me. That's you this morning. In just a few moments, Pastor Tony and Pastor Rod are going to be here. They would love to pray with you. They would love to share with you how exchanging your life for the life of Jesus Christ will make all the difference in the world and all the difference for eternity. Father, I pray that you will take this feeble attempt today and that you will challenge us and change us and stir us. Father, I pray that you will make 2012 the year that Michael Memorial Baptist Church 
busts open these walls and reaches their community and reaches their city and reaches their state and reaches this world for you. Because you have given us much and we have great responsibility. God, help us not to sit on that. Help us not to shirk that responsibility to pass it on to the next person because we don't feel that we are the people to do that. Father, I pray for Alamo Community Church that you will strengthen us and bless us as new as we are and as small as we are, that you will give us a compassion for the people that surround us, that you will give us a compassion for the city of San Antonio, that you will give us a passion for changing this world. Not that we can be recognized, not that we can be praised, not that we can be lauded, but that the name of Jesus can go forth in this world. Father, help us to recognize and understand that we are rich, that we have been blessed And that you didn't bless us just to sit idly by. But that you have commanded us to do good, to be generous, to take what you've given us and change this world. Father, I pray that in in these next few moments that your will will be done. And that lives will be changed for your honor and for your glory. We pray these things. Amen.